0: Hello everybody, this is Bill from the Sit Rep Podcast. Welcome back for the second exciting episode of Season 7. Happy anniversary, everybody! And by anniversary, I'm talking about January 22nd, 1879. What does that day mean in history? Stay tuned and find out! And we'll see you right after this in 3, 2, 1.
1: Big Duke, 6 Eagle thrust. Put on You are listening to the Citrep Podcast, your source for everything related to historical wargaming. Whether you are looking for the latest wargaming news, reviews, painting tutorials, or playthroughs, you will hear about it right here. So grab your favorite beverage or brush and let's hit it.
0: Hello everybody, and we are back. We might sound a little different today. And that's because we are in a, quote-unquote, remote location, and everybody who can be is in-house today. What up? That is Martin. And that is Chris. And today is a big anniversary in warfare history. And to that, you're going, what could that possibly be? January 22nd, 1879, South Africa. There had just been a battle during the day of Isandlwana. Wanda where the British Army was defeated by a native Zulu force. It is the worst defeat by a modern force against, quote-unquote, primitive force. So there, shortly after, at approximately 1,600 hours, began the battle for the defense of Rourke's Drift. And today, we are playing that game, that battle. We are doing the defense of Rourke's Drift in 28mm. If you've been following along on our Facebook pages and everywhere else, you should have seen everything going on up to this date. And this morning, we are feverishly working away to finalize a few things. So today, we're (laughs) going to talk a little bit about, I got 230 Zulus ready on the table. I don't know what he's laughing at. So um, I could put another 150 on the table. It would take me approximately two hours to paint them all up. Airbrush is an amazing thing when you when you know how to use it. So, Great. anyway, we are going to go ahead and get ready to rumble. So, I am sitting here at the command council, and uh, Marty is over there doing his thing, and Chris is over there doing his thing. So, guys, good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning. Good, good, morning. good morning. So, as tradition... What have you guys been up to?
1: Who would like to start? <laughs> Speaking of our project <laughs> and feverishly painting, and which is what I'm doing right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, wrapping up, uh, I've got about uh, uh, 100 or so Brits. So um, wrapping up uh, the finishing touches on those guys. And then uh, at some point this morning... Uh, I got uh, thirty-nine Zulus uh, that are base coated, but will need uh, a little bit of paint and uh, need to be based as well. So uh, I did, uh, you know, uh, also work on some of the special figures that came in the uh, the Warlord set. So uh, we've got some of those as well for characters and animals and such. And the and the water wagon's done. Nice, yeah, turned out good. Excellent. Yeah, that sucks. All right. Chris, how about you? I have
2: actually painted something. I know that's hard to believe. What? Yep. Yeah.
1: Was it a miniature? No. <laughs> Your kitchen doesn't count.
2: No, no, no. <laughs> one of the one of the props for today.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah.
0: yeah. What
2: did you paint? Uh, painted uh, the uh, spear. Oh, that's right. And stained. Was the last and stained? time, what you guys stained for this hobby? Huh?
0: Um, I. Uh, 230... Uh, stained. Not 200, 230 Zulus are all watered down stain as the wash. Mm-hmm. It is um, it's upstairs. Paint. That's paint. No, no, no. That's paint. It's it's stained. Look, read the can. Read the can. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. And so right now I'm watching Marty trying not to get confused on which one is his coffee
1: cup and <laughs> his water. Uh, You saw me almost did it. Uh, t- <laughs> brush Brushing the coffee cup almost happened. It's <laughs> so not right. going to lie. So, won't be the first time yeah
0: so anyway so we have the table completely done and it looks really good so yeah, it while, turned out well yeah, yeah let's absolutely. talk about the table build for a little bit so i was thinking about a couple different options when it came to building the table one we wanted it big enough so it didn't seem like a parking lot right for 20 millimeter that's that's your biggest downfall for 28-millimeter scale, especially when you're doing larger battles. You know, a skirmish battle is one thing, um, but this is not a skirmish battle.
2: 4,000 Zulu is in the skirmish?
0: No, no. Um, but, so,
1: But skirmishing is in the rules.
0: Right. So speaking <laughs> of rules, we'll talk about those in a second. Let's finish the table talk first. Table talk. Um, so the table I came up with covers my pool table, Um I don't know if we came out with the exact measurements but it's six feet wide and eight feet long
1: yeah i was gonna say six by eight
0: yeah six by eight so what i did is i ended up getting uh inch and a half um foam insulation the pink foam and that's what we use for the base of the board um and i did it in sections this time instead of like a big piece of board I'm trying to get the camera working so you guys can watch us uh, on live if you want to, and then this will be audio recorded later. But, of course, I have a new phone, so all my passwords and everything are you know goofed up. So yeah, um, trying to get that working. So um, so we use pink foam because you can carve it. You know, I have one of those foam cutters, uh, electric foam cutters. I got a cheap one, I'll admit. I'm going to definitely buy an, an industrial-strength one um, because we do seem to use it quite a bit. And even when oh. I don't use it
1: for a while, but when I need it, Although I will tell you, if you're if you're cutting foam, having one of those is really yeah. nice. That you know, because uh, generally, I my foam projects haven't been so big that I've decided to you know uh, make the make the jump to the expensive you know twelve dollars it would cost for a super cheap one. Right. Uh, so I do it with uh, with large craft knives, and that was much faster. And depending on the type of foam, a much cleaner cut. Yeah. So if you're working in foam, folks. Consider making the uh, – I'm not saying you got to go out and buy a Proxon, but, uh, you know, uh, an inexpensive handheld uh, cutting wand is, is a really nice tool to have. Yeah, exactly.
2: Now, pay attention, though, with the stuff. Patience is your friend.
1: It is. It is. You, you got to go slow because
0: that wire – I don't know on the industrial strength if that wire is any thicker than the crappy one I got, you know, the cheapo Amazon bargain basement one. Um, but, yeah. So, and he says that because he's broken
1: every one of his wires. Well, I
0: and I'm not the only one. I mean, there's a lot of people who'll tell you the same thing, right? So,
1: yeah, well, that and if you're like if you're using the wand, you know, there's only so much juice going to that thing, so uh, you know you you can't go faster than the wand will cut efficiently. Uh, Otherwise. You also can't hold it in the same place, or else you're going to get a really weird looking melted hole in there. Right. right. You know, so you got to find that sweet spot of going going fast enough to make your make your cut, but slow mm-hmm. enough that you can uh, make it a nice clean cut and not um, goober it up. Y- yeah, goober it <laughs> up, bend your uh, uh, cutting wand. You know that type of stuff. Exactly. And the faster you go, the more you bleed off the heat. Yep. yep. Uh, great.
0: So um, we used the pink foam, uh, so we have the the two layers, and we actually, uh, I have a a movie projector projector with a large screen downstairs, and we used that to put up a battle map of Rourke's Drift, and we used that as our guideline. Um, Yeah, nice reference. Yeah. So um, I think we came pretty close. So then afterwards, we got, and then what we did to cover it with, you know, we thought, do we do sculpt-a-mold um do we just paint the pink foam I wanted to give it some texture and I wanted to be able to somehow put in terrain features without going crazy with you know uh carving and all that stuff so uh while I was at the uh Home Depot uh I was in the paint section obviously and I came across canvas that you would you know like a canvas drop cloth um they have different ones I chose the one with the plastic backing because We use spray adhesive. We use the 3M spray adhesive, stuff that gets everywhere, and it's sticky as hell. And, um, you know, I I can't glue anything without getting glue somewhere else. But uh, because of the the plastic backing, it adheres better to the surface without soaking into the cloth and maybe not, you know, sticking very well. So,
2: But the downside to that is it's not – stretchable like normal cloth it won't uh, you can't get it into the nooks and crannies as easy
0: yeah so in some of the sharper deeper cuts you know it's hard to get the material in there to get it to stick because of you know but i thought it turned out really nice it uh, did. um yeah it did For and sure. we use some um movie magic if you will uh this is something i learned from watching some uh, movie magic fx uh, videos spray paint it takes different colors of different spray paint and you in your shadows and your highlights um onto the cloth and it brings out the terrain. So um I thought that turned out yeah, really nice.
1: It did. You know, it's mu- and it's much like uh you know any miniature uh piece of terrain that we would do, you know, uh uh you we're not applying a wash to it per se, but it you know uh, where you would paint in your shadows and your highlights, well we're just doing the same thing on a 8x6 board. And uh, it really made a difference. I mean, it really makes it pop. It draws your eye to where there's uh, cliffs and crevices and whatnot. So uh, that was a pretty effective technique, I thought.
2: Yeah. Yeah, very, very effective. We all got a good contact.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Public safety announcement. Do that in a well-ventilated area. Yeah. So, yeah,
0: because we were spray painting. We were spray painting adhesive. And uh, all those in, fumes in a confined space. In, in the basement, yeah. Yeah. So. Um,
1: we were in a great mood when it was done.
0: <laughs> yeah. So we got the, the base done. We got the ground done. Um, you know, we did our contouring. And then we're looking, and I'm looking at this board, and I'm like, there's this huge open space, right, yep. in the one corner behind the, 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 uh, the compound. Yeah. And um, I'm like, there's got to be something there. It's just too open. It, and I know... From that area in South Africa, it wasn't a giant plain. You know, it was like almost like a valley, if you will.
1: Yeah, it was hill country. Yeah,
0: so I'm like, and we know that Uskerberg, I believe is how it's pronounced, mountain, is where the Zulu riflemen set up to shoot into the compound. Yep. And originally, we were going to have them offside, offboard, right? And I'm like, we got too much space. So I said to Marty, let's build us a mountain. And so Marty went to carving and hacking and... Cranked
1: one out. Yep. Yep. Looks uh looks good. I mean it uh it you know, obviously uh you know, this we're modeling here, uh you know, terrain for uh for gaming. So it's not to scale and it's probably uh way too close. But mm-hmm. but it looks pretty good and it will serve the purpose that we need it to for the game.
0: Right. So I am just doing some quick settings here and we're at the table talking. Uh, back camera. I want the back camera. How do I get the back? I don't want the stupid. Uh... So, um, so yeah, we're doing some final. Sorry, guys. I, I don't mean to be.
1: I want 1080. There I don't go. know what he's doing. So you'll Well, to... I'm trying to
0: get it so you can kind of jump along with us here as we, um, you know. No, I don't want to do that. That's stupid. All right. Okay. I was hoping to get the camera to be wide angle instead of vertical. I want it horizontal. But if I do oh no, maybe I can. Let's see. Let's see. Yes, it does. Survey says. And we're going live in three, two, one. Yay! Okay. So Hi. now I'm gonna be Mr. Shaky Shaky Shaky. You can see me in the mirror. I'm in we're in my game room. <clears throat> As it is right now. The uh, feeder in the back there. Beefeater. That's Gaz. Hi, Gaz. Hi, Gaz. Gaz, love you, love your show. Right? So, uh, join along with us as we uh, record our show. And there's Marty working away on some Brits, uh, our defenders. So, um, also, and there's Chris. Not painting anything. Shocker. There's money. And there's the game table out there in the uh, other area. Okay. So, you know what? I should have brought down my other mount. Anyway. That's what she said. That's what she said. (laughs) Um, (laughs) All right. So, anyway. All right. I'm going to move this camera over. Yeah. She said... I know you guys couldn't. Well, I'm dead yeah. airing. All right, sorry about that. I don't know if you can yeah. see me, but I'm right there, and you can see Marty and Chris. I know you can't see them. All right. So anyway, um, you let the mood lay out. All right. So we got the table done. Marty uh, did some foam work. Uh, it's one, two, three, four levels high. Um, and then we used the canvas trick again. Yep. So it would blend in with the rest of the terrain. Yep. And then we did some movie magic paintwork, And it looks freaking awesome.
1: Yeah, I turned, and I mean, we did that in what, like an 20 hour, minutes? An about hour. the mountain itself?
0: Yeah, about an hour. We're all said and done. It probably you was know. an hour. Closer to an hour.
1: I mean, that that got fleshed out really quick. And Manny is in the house. <laughs> she wanted to make the, an intro. The entrance. joys of having a large dog <laughs> that can
0: apparently open doors. <laughs> she ain't no dummy. Anyway. So um, so the table's ready to go. Uh, added a little bit of vegetation, you know, in some areas, um, painted the road. But, you know, we know where the battle mainly takes place, and that's in and around the compound. Great. So, Chris. Yes. What rules are we going to use? We will be using the men who would be kings. And you can show the camera.
1: Oh, yeah, we got, we got the camera up today.
0: So, guys, I do not have another monitor to check chat. If you're chatting, I don't know if Chris or Marty can jump on their phone yeah. to either um, restream uh, chat or if you would just, one on Facebook, one on YouTube. Just make sure you turn your volumes down so we don't have feedback. Yep. So um, this
2: uh, rule set is yeah. uh, Colonial Wargaming Rules by Osprey Wargames. Yes. So we are, did you print that stuff, by the way? Yes, I did. Whoo.
0: Woo! Oh, All right.
2: And he laminated it for
0: nice. me. Nice! Matter of fact. So since, we are going since, to use the... Since we've got there,
1: for show and tell. <laughs> oh,
0: huh? nice. So uh, we are using the uh, the Men Who Would Be Kings modified version of Jerry from Be Savore, uh rules. Okay. And I think we're going to actually tweak it a little bit more, and we'll talk about that here in a second. But uh, when I played this game three years ago now. 2019, I think, is when we played it. I think it was three years.
1: Was it nine?
0: It wasn't last year. or 19? I think it was
1: 19.
0: Yeah. Um, at Beast of War headquarters, uh, we use Jerry's rules where it's a card-driven activation and you have these really nice, nicely done work. So the game itself is going to be 12 turns. Okay? And one hour yep. per turn. Yep. Right, yep. Because the battle theoretically lasted 12 hours. It started at 4 p.m. and ended at approximately 5 a.m. Uh, when the sun has started coming up because yeah, it would of, be 13
2: hours by the way but go ahead
0: all right 4 a.m but <laughs> you're right but if you depending on which book you read mm-hmm. they say it ended somewhere between four and five okay um so the 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 amazing feat of this battle is that the british um soldiers in the fort there was a, they if depending on the resource you go to it's anywhere from 160 to 140 30, 40 guys, right? Actual historical records that I've read, 139 defenders. Yep. There were 139 British soldiers and allies within the compound of Rourke's defending against
1: 4,000
0: Zulus. Zulus. So, and it took over 12-ish hours. They started out with 20,000 rounds of British ammunition. I don't know what the caliber, I don't think it was three oh three, but the Henry Martin, Martini right. Rifles, Martini right. Henry Rifles, whatever, however you pronounce it. Um, so, for, I can't, yeah,
1: fortunately, the, the mission was also a uh, supply, ammunition yeah, depot. Yeah,
0: so they started out with 20,000 rounds, and by the end of the battle, they were down to somewhere between five to 900 rounds left. Um, they would not have survived another attack. Um, that's pretty blatantly. If the Zulu leaders had just amassed all their remaining troops, 3,500 after casualties, and just swarmed the compound, it would have been over. Um, but by that time, I think the uh, Zulu leaders decided it wasn't worth it anymore. And you
1: they, know, they got tired of that volley fire. It was wearing them out. Right. But, but they couldn't have kept that volley fire up. You know, if the Zulus had only known... How much ammunition was left? Uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. The, this would be a, a way different day in history. Yeah,
0: but also the supposedly the relief column was within sight as well, or whatever. It, yeah, So I mean, the Zulus knew that help was a coming, right? So anyway, so we will be doing that. Was the timeline in the the stuff you printed? Did Jerry's timeline show in there? If not, that's no big deal. Uh, because, it, you know, there's a timeline that says that at 1,800 hours, the hospital catches on fire. You know, each turn, there's something that happens. Uh, we did not print that portion, I don't believe. I, I, believe. I, I didn't see that portion. Yeah, I don't remember seeing it, but he showed it off in the Weekender under last night, so I don't know if that's something new. I oh. could remember that from pre- previous. But So we're going to do our own take on uh, Rourke's Drift. Uh, it is my favorite Battle 2 game It um, for many reasons. One, the movie. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. it's one of the first movies I remember watching with my dad when I was a very young person it was
1: Michael Kane's first, first role first real role yep. yeah so and introducing Michael
0: kane so and then we have our in-house impersonator that's of it. Color Sergeant Bourne
2: that's right steady lads steady <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's
1: even got the
0: he's uh, <laughs> got the, the you know the, the facial hair to
1: that's right and, and yet I'm going to be a Zulu commander <laughs> later today <laughs> Uh, Weird.
0: Button your tunic, you know, all that good stuff. You know, it's amazing how even in the heat of battle, the British were still proper, you know. So anyway, so uh, we are trying to get up to 400 Zulu miniatures so we can have one miniature per 100 guys, right, since they equate 4,000. So what is this?
1: That's Michael. Sitting might need another invite
0: for his call. Um,
1: okay. Well, I can't.
0: I'm, yeah. Uh, uh, we'll pick him up on the next show. I'll just pick him up on the next show. We'll get him on the next one. Just tell him we're already. Yeah. I'm already twenty minutes right. in. So. All right. Um. Anyway. So there's that. Uh, we talked about. What we're doing next, moving away from uh, colonial England uh, to the 20th century. Our next project, which I I actually think is going to be easier, quote, unquote. It's a blue mat, right? And put a couple islands and stuff in there. We're doing the Battle of Midway.
2: Yep.
0: So, you know, naval warfare. So the way we're designing it is that there will be two tables. There'll be the admiral's table and then the battle table. The admiral's table will be a larger scale. You know, it'll be that entire grid of the search area, which was how many thousands of square miles? Right? So, you know, we'll have little tokens to represent the different fleets and targets and whatever, you know, and little representations of the islands. And that'll be where everybody starts the game out as we search for... So the other question I have, if we're using an admiral's table... To do this, enemy searching for each enemy. How do we do movement that the other player doesn't see it?
1: Uh,
0: do we have would it, would it each be
1: two admirals tables? When, with per- a division
0: or an admiral's table per- with a division? Or no, it'd have to be mirror each other, wouldn't it? Right.
1: Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm.
2: Two uh, Sink Your Battleship games. Right? <laughs> yep, yeah, right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Dawn. 810. Can you do me a
0: favor? Can you message Dawn and let her know? It's, the door upstairs is probably closed. Right. Um, so, yeah, we have to come up with how are we going to simulate the fog of war
1: for the Battle of Midway? Uh, all we got to do is uh, spray paint down here again. That was <laughs> working pretty well last weekend. <laughs> uh,
0: so... Yeah. Um, So we'll have to figure that out, but – or do we have, like, giant chart plotter-type pads that each one does their movement on the pad, you know? And then we have a judge that would say, oh, you're within whatever, and now we put it on the admiral's table. There's a target sighted, and then we have to try and confirm it. And then once it's confirmed, we can say this is this fleet or this fleet. We'll have to work those out, you know, but those are things to yeah. start thinking about now because I want to simulate that big part of the Battle of Midway was where the hell are the Japanese fleet, right?
1: Well, well yeah, because, yeah, the the long pole in that barn for that battle was whoever found the other one first, Yeah, you know, uh, has has the, uh, we'll have the, the best advantage. Because yeah. Yeah.
0: they'll be able to launch their aircraft and uh, attack, you know. Yep. So that'll be very interesting on how we do that one. Yeah. Um,
2: any ideas? Post it.
0: Yeah, please in the comments section or in Discord channel or anywhere, even on our uh, our website. Yeah. You can comment on the website and yeah. um, throw something up there. Yeah, so. if you
1: played a played a game of that style before and you've got a system that you like or you think would work, yeah, please, please share that. Cause.
0: I mean, because I have Midway over there on the shelf over here under Avalon Hill games. It's there, and I have Dauntless.
2: And we have a.
1: Guest, hi, hi, hi,
0: hi. You're on camera.
1: I realize that <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> your come on.
0: Go get a greenie. Come on. <laughs> so, for you guys, there in radio oh, land, oh, oh. Oh, oh, we've got our God. first British
1: casualties.
0: Way to go, Marty. Hey, come on. Marty, it
1: was a dog. Uh, oh, snapped his leg, snapped his... Oh. You got a bunch? Ooh. How did those fall? Um The dog stepped on. No, no, mine, he stomped on. Why were they on the floor? I, well, yeah. Because I was... Every time I move around, they're on the mic. <sighs> the good news is... we got glue.
0: I brought spares, too. Okay. I can't do it. All right, don't worry about it, then. Oh. Thank you, though. All right. Moving right along. We can fix okay. it. Not a problem. Oh, a broken
1: rifle... I've got some upstairs. I, here, I not, so. Uh Bill. I would like to advise you that I have also brought some uh, British wounded markers. Apparently, nice. Yeah. All right. So, all right. Speaking. <laughs> so, finishing up on the Midway talk. So, we'll have to come up with
0: a hidden movement system. I can't remember how we did it in the Battle of Midway game. It wasn't anything fancy. Believe me, it wasn't. Uh, I don't know where. Oh, it might be. Oh, it's right behind you, right there on the ta- on the game table. See, Midway. Yep. So it, it, it's, it's, I can't remember how the, I think it was literally, you move around the table and when you got within so many feet, miles of the other Navy is when you right. spotted them. Then you went to the battle boards, right? So you were both playing but on the same table. It was just literally chess. If you almost, you know, if you would. Yeah. At the beginning. Yeah. End. So yeah, that's the movement table there. It, it looks, it looks like, like battleship. It, it, does. it yeah. is battleship. And then what this is, is the battle board where you play aircraft uh, attacking the ships. So, we bought um, – so, I bought files to print our own ships. You know, we talked about that, I think, on the last um, podcast. Yep. Did you know that the Victory at Sea set – or Victory in the Pacific? Which one is it? Victory in Vic- Pacific? Or Victory uh, at Sea? You, the Victory, Warlord. You, Victory at Sea. Okay. It?
2: Yeah. Well, that's a series, but isn't it the Pe- Victory at Well, sea there's the Pacific? Warlord
0: miniatures game. Those are still the same scale as those other boats. Right. I didn't realize that. I thought they were a different scale. I'm like, damn, I could... But they don't have the boats we need. Ships. Excuse me, Navy guys. They don't have the ships we need. So, we'll just print them. I mean, with my new printer, things print, like, it's unbelievable how fast that thing prints.
1: Well, yeah, and I think you can print out an actual (laughs) uh, battleship, (laughs) you know, one-to-one size on that thing. It's not that big, but that would be cool. So, um,
0: and I did tell Don I was wanted to get another one, and boy, did I get a look!
2: Woo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we saw that.
0: Right. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: So um, now, if we're gonna do this right, we wait till spring, and then we do it in the pool.
0: That would be interesting. <laughs> No. no, because then we'd have to do like explosions, and that would blow out the liner in the pool. Oh, then... uh, we are not doing that again. <laughs> no, sir. And Marty knows what it takes to replace the liner I in a big old am... pool.
1: That that thing is a beast. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so guys out there, if you have any ideas on how we can do fog of war, hidden movement um, on an admiral size table would be interesting because I can't wait to see the miniatures on a battle table, <coughs> you know, um, like this size or bigger. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, for sure. That will look really cool. And yeah. then having the planes and all that stuff, so. Now, yeah. obviously, the planes won't beat to scale because otherwise they'd be like pinheads. Well, yeah. I mean, so. But it will be cool. Great. You could always use a thing like they do. What's that? Um, Team Yankee where, you know, the aircraft are 1 in 100 scale or 1 in they're a different yeah, scale.
1: Yeah, they're like one, 144 or something Yeah, like 144
0: that. than the tanks. And their thing is, well, they're up in the yeah. sky, so they're smaller.
1: I was going to say, it's uh, it's supposed to be like a forced perspective yeah. thing because, they're, yeah, they're
0: yeah. flying. Yeah, and I'm t- I'm, unfortunately, I think that's
1: a weak yep. excuse, well, personally. Well, wh- whatever. you gotta ha- you got to have some little airplanes. Right, I mean, We're going to have lots of airplanes. Yeah. It's midway. But you, you can't have them to scale because, well, like you said, they'll be the size of a pinhead. Right. You know, so... Uh, yeah. Oddly enough, so uh, as I paint, I have YouTube on usually and, you know, it's just something in the background and uh, and I just let it run. It goes to whatever the next video is. And the other night uh, I was painting and Mel the Terrain Tutor's uh, scale episode came on where he talked about all the different type, all, all the different scales in uh, uh, modeling and in, uh, in our hobbies, uh-huh. you know, and uh, he was talking about uh Oh, what is it? Absolute scale where it is, you know, one, two, whatever. Uh, and then uh, you know, our modeling scales, uh, where, you know, we talk about it's, you know, the twenty-eight millimeter scale or fifteen millimeter scale, uh, as well as uh then the there's the railroad world scales for, you know, N Z H O O all those. Right. And uh uh what did he call it? no, I can't remember what he called it. There's uh where you uh, essentially you have to mix scales uh, in order to be able to game. So, like, uh, if you're playing in 28 mil, for instance, your buildings and vehicles will probably not be truly 28 millimeter. Uh, They'll be a a different scale for uh, gaming purposes because otherwise they just suck up your whole table. You know, he, uh, he said, you know, as long as your buildings, you know, doors and windows need to be 28 mil, but the building itself, yeah, you know, maybe maybe it's uh you know one to forty eight, maybe it's one to fifty, maybe mm-hmm. it's one to fifty six, right? You know, but uh, you know that gets you in the ballpark. Same thing with uh, with vehicles, you know, you you get the point that the the little uh, vehicle is what your guys are going to be, you know, uh, either attacking, riding around, and whatever, mm-hmm. uh, you know. But it uh, again, this isn't uh, you know scale modeling diorama stuff. It's gaming, and, you know, we have to be able to facilitate uh, our our games, and sometimes that means that we're mixing scales. Yeah. Yeah. 120, 121, whatever it takes. Yeah, whatever it takes. So, yeah, I mean, you know, depending on the
0: size of the board, you might want to have different scale buildings. What are you looking for? Glue. Um, He was going to try and do surgery. You can have Don bring you some down there, some right on the table there.
2: I already called her down here once for nothing, so (laughs) I'm not going to do it again.
0: Chicken. Because <laughs> um, I don't think I have any more sit reps right right. in the studio. But um, yeah, so yeah, you, you know, because I was watching a video last night as we were getting ready for bed uh, on the build of Minas Tirith. The like, the full blown, oh, I'm the, building the, Minas Tirith. The Zorga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Holy. So then, of course, my <laughs> loving wife comes to me and goes, um, Is there any way sit rep can incorporate this? Into its stuff, because that would be cool. And I'm like, are you saying the stuff we do is not cool? Wait, She's historical. like, you know me and historicals. And I'm like, that's kind of harsh. But, however. But. But. If you go off the Tolkien timeline, is that not historical? It has a timeline. In the third age, blah, blah, blah. Jim's yeah. probably sitting there right now going. Yeah, uh, 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 I was, <laughs> was going to say, you, you know
1: all the historical geeks are losing <laughs> their minds right now. Although, you know, it's kind of funny that... Uh, uh, you know, you also get a lot of crossover, you know, just because dudes play historical and that might be their preferred thing. Uh-huh. Uh You know, uh, even at, uh, like, Little Wars, you know, our, you, which is our local, sponsored by our local chapter of the Historical Miniature Wargaming Society. Yeah. They had a couple of sci-fi games in there, Yep, you because know, because the guys like to play it. Hi, Kevin.
0: Right. You know, um, <laughs> speaking of it, I saw that the, uh, you know, a little bit of news. I know you haven't had time this week to get news together. I did see Little Wars put up a thing uh, looking for yep. submissions, right, or oh. event tickets or uh, yeah. something like that.
1: Yeah, so they are—they uh, opened up uh, submissions for uh, for games and game masters. And uh, uh, did they change location? They're, yes, they're—they're they're they're no longer at the
0: Lombard. Uh, they're in Naperville this year. They're right? at the same place that Polar Vortex is this year.
1: Which, by the way, Polar is Vortex weekend. is right now yeah. as we speak. It just started hey, and
0: today. And to Dan, I'm sorry you didn't invite me. Damn. Uh, Dan, I would have loved a personal invite for the CERA podcast crew to come out to Polar Vortex. However, unfortunately, my friend, Rork's Drift, on the that. anniversary, is kind of going to trump that one a little bit. I'm, I hate to say it, but, the, you know, that is... Although... We could have sent a roving so, reporter.
1: Well, here's here's my question. Yes. Do they have any historical gaming there?
0: They did have some bolt action last time I was there. And they played
1: Dust. I mean, yeah. yeah. And, and Dust is, well... Dust would it be alternative history. Right. And and uh, Jeff, good job, buddy. Jeff Racco, our local uh, Chicago area dust warfare uh, patriot, uh, is uh, running uh, Dust Games today there. Yep. But, uh, yeah, I don't know what straight-up historical
0: they're running. Yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't look at the program. So but.
2: today's the first day we've had Polar Vortex uh, since the last time you and I went. Yeah. So... Up until today, you've been the reigning... uh, I am still currently
1: the reigning... uh, uh, Historical... Historical painting champion for... uh... (laughs) How did that happen? Uh, Nobody else had an entry that qualified for historical. (laughs) Hey, however, I did get third overall, so I did have to beat some people. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. And, and by the way, there were dust miniatures that... (laughs) That you had yeah, played with all day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, yo, that and that was early on in my career. I mean, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think
0: it was your first year you really got back into playing this kind of
1: stuff. Yeah, and because uh, I was that, the last adepticon, yeah, because uh, you had just
0: gone adepticon, got your dust stuff, right? And, and then polar then, vortex was the falling, and that was right before COVID blew up.
1: Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, uh, you know, it was just tabletop stuff that I had and. Uh, you know some of the guys are like oh that's pretty good you should go put that in there and I'm like nah <laughs> and then I went over there and looked I'm like oh there's like no competition <laughs> and as it turned out there was no competition
2: <laughs> and Marty likes no competition <laughs> I'm like well it's an easy way to
0: Again, win right? I got this but like but I you said know, then, though, I thought it's a good way to get your foot in in the, in the water per se you know
1: well and it it was uh, uh kind of motivating though you know because it you know, I, I think everybody thinks of their their own personal skill uh, either uh, they overestimate what it is and mm-hmm. think they're a lot better than they are and or, that happens more often or, than not or they underestimate it and they're yeah. like oh my t- everything I touch is crap you know I don't want to show these to anybody blah 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 that's me and then you know now now you have some outside people who are you know actually judging it who yeah. are you know seasoned veteran hobbyists and painters and they're like okay this is this is what we think and then you get some feedback on like dude, you got to scrape those mold lines. And I'm like, dude, these, are, <laughs> these, these were never meant to be competition pieces. <laughs> I, I concur. I should have done that.
0: But, yeah, I mean, a lot of it comes down to, you know, if you've never been in, in any kind of painting competition is you just get in. Learn yeah. the ins and outs of the competitions. You kind of learn what people look for and, and type yeah. of things. And it makes you, if, if it's something you want to continue doing, it makes you up your game.
1: Well, and I think that kind of the way I did it, you know, it's soft place to land. It's a smaller yeah. uh, event. Uh, your local, uh, friendly local game store probably does this on occasion. Yeah. You know, that's a great place to go. And, you know, uh, if it costs you anything, it's minimal. Yeah. You know, and usually if there's a cost associated with it, uh, that's because either one, it's tied to a fundraising event for like charity or two, uh, that's how they're paying for the prizes. Yeah. You know, uh, but, you know, nobody makes money off a painting competition. right? Here. At least not at that level. I, you know, I, I don't know if that, you know, Golden Demon or something, you know.
0: Yeah, so the Golden Demon's back at uh, Adepticon. Yes. Which <laughs> is a good competition. However, it knocks out 70% of the paper, painters. Yeah, well. Because you can only use GW products. Right. So everybody that does I mean. some of those beautiful historical or fantasy stuff, that's not GW.
1: Yeah. Can't be in it. That was the nice thing about Crystal Brush. Yeah. It was everything and anything. It was, yeah. Right? It's like, here, here's your rubric, and we don't care where you get your models from. Yeah.
0: But I do know a couple other companies are supposedly doing their own painting competition there, which will include those other people. Yeah. Um, we'll have to just kind of see. I, I, my, if my brother was here, he's going to join us for the game later. But, um He'd be all about the GW. He's a—I don't want to say he's a GW fanboy, but that's all he plays. I mean, honestly, well, as I, far as I know, he is going to come and play Zulu with us, which yep. is cool. Um, but um,
1: well, we all—we all have our, our go-to favorite games. Yeah,
0: and, and that's fine. You know what? And you know, there's GW haters and there's fanboys. I'm in the middle. I don't really care. You know, one way or the other, if it's what you like to play, play it. And if you don't want to, the uh, other way.
2: <laughs> other i'm one. trying
0: to point away from a mic but there's mics everywhere i look you know so i mean and oh. i don't see why people are complaining about oh my god gw stuff is so expensive It is. so don't pay for it uh, well
1: as i say yeah but you have a you have a choice
0: yeah no one's making you buy it right so if you don't want to play it and don't want to pay the money don't buy it or go buy secondhand
1: yeah well and you know uh, I'm very much like you. No, I'm not a GW fanboy. I don't. Uh, I don't play any of their games. Although we need to get Lord of the Rings going. Brother. Right, right. right, right. Um, but uh, but they ha- they have some really really nice models. They do. They do. I mean, there's there's no denying that. I mean, they they have some super high quality products. Yeah. Yep. They're quite proud of them, judging yes. by the prices. So it can be, uh, you know, uh, pretty expensive. That'll add up quickly, uh, you know, as you uh, try to build your armies. But, you know, if you're playing one of their uh, smaller warband games, probably not horrible to get into. Yep. Now, my problem with uh, GW stuff
2: is not so much the the cost of the the models, Uh um, which they are pricey, but, hey, it is what it is. You get quality stuff. Um, It's the fact that they change the rules every 15 minutes. Yeah,
1: yeah they do seem to like to update their and,
2: and, and those rules
1: must be on the are not
2: cheap. Well, at no. All. Not well, at for all.
1: specifically for uh for 40K. Yes. I mean, you know, they're on what ninth edition now mm-hmm. and and the other thing I don't like um uh, about uh, about that system is not only do they change the rules but you have to have a codex and an index and a reflex and a bow flex and every you gotta have like nine books to play your one army.
0: Yeah, you gotta have a codex and then the main yeah.
1: rules and, and, yeah. and, and, you and you can't know all the rules. Right. Well and then and then the other guy's got a different uh different army. Yeah. He's gotta have all those books as well. And if you wanna know what his army really does, you have to know what's in those books. Yeah. I'm like, I am not buying the yeah. entire black library of codexes. To, to play a game. Because those books aren't cheap either. They're proud no. of those as well. I was looking for my... I have
0: um, somewhere around here... Warhammer historicals. They used to make historical rules.
2: Oh, cool.
0: Um, could you imagine if they got back into producing historical games and models? Hmm. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That would, yeah, that could be interesting, right? Yep. I mean, would people buy them, for one thing? How would that affect other manufacturers if they came out with... The same quality of yeah. their minis, you know, that they currently do in historicals.
1: It'd be interesting. I yeah. mean, it it would be because I mean they they're a, they're they're a big big company, yeah. and so many of the uh, particularly so many of the miniature makers uh, in the historical realm are actually smaller. Uh, yeah. businesses. Some of them are just mom and pop shops. Yeah. you know. I mean,
0: well, and that and that's the thing. That's why I think um, Games Workshop got out of it originally, is there wasn't the money in historicals, right? Historicals is not the big money maker. Sci-fi is, truthfully. Yeah. You know, if you you know if you look at a historical gaming convention, what is the demographic? Right. It's, it's, us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's us. We were Old talking guys, about that last you know, time. You know, we talked about this, I think, at Little Wars last yeah, year, right? Yeah, we talked yeah. about how do you get younger people in. But so it's a more limited. I mean, miniature wargaming in of itself is limited as it is. Yeah, then right. you scale it down to historicals, you know, Yep. and then it's even smaller market. And is it worth the time and money to invest in printing and mold making and all that stuff you got to do to create a miniature? I'm going to be honest with you. For historical stuff, and I love Warlord stuff's nice. Yep. Empress is really nice. Yep. Um, Spectre stuff is nice. Spectre, The stuff that's coming out from Black Powder Red Earth is looking good. Ultra Combat Modern, you know, uh, Dish Dash guys. Uh, Yeah. White Dragon. Uh, We reached out to the guys at White Dragon, and I guess they're going to send us a few things for review. I cannot wait to see those Uh, because I do have a few of their models, and they're really nice, really.
2: Well, nowadays, everything, if it's being sold, pretty much has to be nice because you can print so much on your own.
0: I mean, you look at these guys in front of us, well, you know, if you're looking on the video portion, or if you watch the game later, the, most of the miniatures on the table are 3D printed. Um, we printed them on our printer. There's a few that are Warlord or Perry miniatures, um, and yeah. you'll be able to tell the difference, but yeah, 90%... Taking, like, yeah, they'll
1: be metal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean,
0: some of these are Warlord miniatures. Yeah, the,
1: yeah, the Zoo... Uh, yeah, some of the Zulus are.
0: And... Um, the metal men I did not know this the metal miniatures that come in the Horns of Buffalo warlord set are actually empress miniatures oh no kidding yeah so um, but uh, 90% of what you'll see on the table in the game is 3d printed i bought the files and we were able to print them up tremendous money saving because i think i pay i can't remember what i paid it wasn't a lot 30 bucks maybe and we're producing
1: 500 plus minis you i know, mean you can that imagine co- that almost covers the cost of your new printer easily The new printer was $300.
0: So I have saved, in my own selfish way, I have saved money versus going on. Because if you current market price, a sprue of eight, was it eight or four? British soldiers from Warlord, a sprue, I think it was four, is $16. I,
1: So $4 a miniature. $4 a miniature. I think there were four. Four on yeah.
0: there. Yeah, four dollars a miniature, and we were printing 139 plus. Right, four times 139 is a whole lot of money. Yeah. Yep. Now.
2: So Don, he's trying to justify another <laughs>
0: printer. Yeah. See, see, look at all the um, all the money he saved you, <laughs> and think of the Harry Potter stuff we could print. I got right? to throw the Harry Potter angle in there, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, yeah. But but to be fair to all my friends in the industry, you know, Big Ben over there at Foreground. Ian and everybody, John Stollard over at Warlord and all those guys.
2: Chris
0: Long. And Chris Long, you know, he's – Chris Long's a 3D printer. He's not a manufacturer. He's, yeah. yeah. I'm talking about the guys that actually print oh, or create sorry. and mold make minis, you know, and sell it. That's their livelihood, right? I totally get it. Sooner or later, my theory is those companies are going to transition to subscription-based 3D modeling. Where right. it somehow they're going to technology is going to get to the point where they can create a file that allows you to print thirty minis, and then the file locks up, or I don't know. You're the computer guy. Some
2: sort of digital rights
0: management, yeah. like DRM on it. Yeah. Yeah. So, because otherwise, you won't be able to survive. You buy it once, and then you know
1: who needs it, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, because uh, and you know the there's many uh, kind of independent sculptors, I think that mm-hmm. that. Uh, already do that through Patreon or through Tribes on my manufacturer, or whatever. But as you said, once you once once you've downloaded that file, you've downloaded that file. You can Print use as it as many as you want. It. Like right.
0: hence, what we've done. So, um, you know, for sustainability, you know, and now there's still a lot of people out there that say I don't want to mess with 3D printing, um, which is fine. I actually had a discussion with Tom Tullis from Fat Dragon Games the other day. Because he got a new Ender 3 FDM printer, and he he printed up a sample mini, and it looks amazing. And I'm like, you know, that's great for an FDM printer. It's amazing what he can do on an FDM printer, mini-wise. And I said, you know, for miniatures, I prefer resin printers. Mm. And for big terrain pieces, I could see an FDM printer. And then he gave me this big, long reasoning to why he will never have a resin printer. Fumes and toxicity, and somebody got sick, and da-da-da-da-da-da, right? Well, to which he has valid points. I'm not going to say he doesn't. I've um, because
2: smelled anything off of the printer.
0: Uh, for resin printer? Yeah. Well, you the... can't smell.
2: Eh,
1: and it's not COVID.
0: Yeah. So there are strong fumes. No doubt about it. Right?
1: But, but you can also get some eco-friendly resins where that is really... I now
0: use... Uh, yeah, there's a lot of plant-based resins. Now I have not used those, but I'm using a water washable resin now. That's what these guys are printed in. And it does amazing work. And in 4K, this is what, you know, that that new printer is, is a 4K printer. Amazing work. I mean, really amazing work. I think the Zulus I printed are nicer than the uh, Brits I printed as far as detail. But, um, yeah, so.
2: Yeah, the biggest fumes I've ever had to deal with was the uh, isopropyl isopropyl alcohol. Yeah. That's some strong stuff. (laughs) Woo
1: yeah, and don't just get drink, a bottle of clear. Yeah, don't drink it all at once; it'll give you a headache. Right. So. I don't know if it's the. So I mean, to each so their dumb. own.
0: But I mean, there you know, there are still going to be people out there that don't don't want to or can't have a printer. So I mean, there'll still be demand somewhere. I just don't know what it'll look like in years to come.
1: You know, and I think that there's probably still going to be a demand uh, at some level for uh for metal miniatures. Whether it's just the nostalgia of it, people prefer the weight of them. You know, I you know, there there's folks that are still going to going to want those. Well there's only one way to get those and that that's casting them. And, right. and those will have to be manufactured by somebody who has uh the ability to cast. Right. That's that's not a at home uh cottage industry DYI kind of thing. Yes, yeah. That's a little more involved. Exactly. Although our good friend Chris Long apparently has two spin casters as well. Yeah, because he actually used to yeah. create, make metal miniatures. I think he just likes to flex on me every time I mention something. <laughs> that's what I really think it is. So, But, but yeah, no, I mean, uh, it, while the technology for 3D printing is readily available. Easily. Uh, I, I mean, mean, it's so inexpensive these days. I mean, if you have an Amazon account, they're sending you emails to buy stuff. Yeah. Because... They've been sending me emails to, hey, get get this washing cure, get the this printer. Hey, have you looked at this resin? You know, yeah. I mean, I I get an email every other day, literally, from Amazon with something along those lines.
0: I mean, even my Photon um, f- Frozen printer, the small one I have, I think you can get it under a hundred dollars now. I think it's on sale for less than a hundred dollars for a you know a little resin printer. So, yeah, because
1: yeah, because and then you can get the bundles with that and uh the Washing Care station and they're like two hundred bucks, yeah, you know, two hundred fifty bucks, something yeah, like that. Yeah, so they're they're inexpensive,
0: uh. you know. And then it's just a matter of getting the right software because like these riflemen that Marty's painting up right now, these are uh, British riflemen, they came in two pieces, you know, the the main body and then the rifle with an arm. And I'm like, man, I am not going to print those separately because one, the rifles will break, you know, trying to pull them off the supports. So I went in there and I edited the file and using a very inexpensive CAD. I can't even remember what it's called. It wasn't Tinkercad. It was something else. Um, I need to learn Blender. I'm here. You can do some amazing things in Blender. But uh, um, I was able to combine the two parts into one miniature and then resave it as one piece And then just copy it onto the build platform and print multiples up. Yeah, Yeah,
2: thanks a lot. You said blender. Now I want a margarita. (laughs) Uh,
0: We'll we'll bring out the Jimmy Buffett margarita machine later. I was going to say, after the show, after the show. (laughs) When does that ever stop us? So, um, you know, one of the things I forgot to talk about or forgot to come back to when we were talking about the rules that we're using for today is there's one thing. That was in the movie. I don't know how historically accurate the movie is. Obviously, there's a lot of artistic interpretation because who knows what they really said. Do you think Shard and um, Brom had really had a discussion on their uh, date of ranks and you know enlistment dates and to find out who is going to be you know in charge? Um, and by the way, they got their ranks wrong, the dates wrong in the movie. If you read yeah. the actual service records, but. The point was is that it was that was pretty cool that they did that. Uh, it, you know, did they actually have those conversations? So obviously, there's some artistic licensing because there's not a scribe writing down everything that was said during the battles. Um, so the point being is, did they actually have a flying platoon? Right. Yep. Um, so as of it stands right now, I do not think there are any rules for a flying platoon in the main rule book or in Jerry's alterations or additions. So we'll probably add a rule for Flying Platoon. Uh, We just have to figure out how to make it fair, you know, because you have to come to close order, volley fire, you know, how does that go? One of the biggest frustrations I had when we played the game the first time, and again, the rules are really well, I thought for the circumstances, very good. Um, And Jerry's interpretation and additions were very good as well the one thing that kind of really drove home for me was that each turn takes one hour. So in that one hour time span of one turn, you're only allowed to shoot once or move. I know I wasn't in the British Army in 1879, but from practical experience, you can do a whole lot in one hour. You can do a lot less than one hour if you're under fire and you're moving, you know, there's, you know, you move slow and, you know, fire movement, blah, blah, blah. But I I think I honestly, you know, for gameplay purposes, that's that. It just, there were times when we were playing the game and it's like, all right, I should be able to move and fire, right? You know, move these guys up, move um, guys from the north wall to the south wall to reinforce and then be able to shoot. Oh, no, you can't do that. It's just one or the other. You know, this is what you get to do. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, dude, it's an hour. It's not that far from the north wall to the south wall, right? You're right. <laughs> so, you know, and these are British troops. If you've ever worked with British troops, those guys don't fuck around. When they say move, they're already gone. Their sergeants are allowed to hit you. If the way you, you d- should be right. I mean, I don't know if they're allowed oh, to, but, I mean, but they, they will strongly <laughs> reinforce. I have seen airborne sergeants from the para-regiment smack a troop in the back of the head because he, you know, did something very, very wrong with his rifle. Uh, it's called sir, that's called tapping in the forward <laughs> assist. Yeah, that's just a tap on the forward
1: assist. It's part of uh, immediate action when uh, there's a, uh, a malfunction.
0: Right, and, hey, make sure you buy merch. <laughs> so... That's always been a contention of mine, you know, is that the Zulus, I can understand. See, this is where it gets not fair in my eyes, but fair, is that it's the same thing for the Zulus, right? They can move so many inches and, and, you know, but I'm talking a stand of, if we have our 10 model stand, that's 400 guys, right? Yep. Okay. It might take 400 guys a while to move everybody, you know. So, I, I don't know. We'll play the game. We'll see how it goes. And we are famous for what, Marty? <laughs> <laughs> Adjusting on fire. Well, you know,
1: sometimes you have to uh, modify the rules to suit the scenario. Hence, yeah. Benghazi.
2: Yeah. Well, Benghazi turned out well. As I was sure. reading through this, you know, yeah. and watching some of the videos, there's a, a gentleman out there put out some videos, and for the life of me, I can't remember, it. Uh, remember his name. Good stuff, though. But... Some of the battles that he played with the Zulus, they get pinned down so easy. You know, if you lose six miniatures, mm-hmm. right, it's leadership plus the however many miniatures you lost. Right. So you got 400 guys that got kind of pinned down because they lost six guys, and that doesn't look anything like what we saw. Right. You know, they they had one out, outfit out there just getting shot just to count the weapons. Remember. Right, yeah. You know, so that that seems a little off. I understand it, but
0: for balance, play balance. Yeah. You got to have that because otherwise, you would never be able to stop the Zulus. To truthfully, because if you know if if you're doing a stand of ten and you pin, you shoot down six, you pin them, and that's supposed to represent you know how many hundreds of Zulus, but you still have hundreds more to go. You know, then it's like. If you can't pin them or – it's not so much pinning, it's making them fall back. Think of it that way. You know, they take well,
2: – You fall back if you lose your rally.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, if you're pinned that many guys, you know, I th- I think the terminology and the practicality or the real world is a little different, but um, it comes down to balance, game balance. Yeah. You know, otherwise the game would be over in turn two, turn three at the most, mm-hmm. you know, because they would just keep pouring through, you know
2: as be planned.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, the nice thing is the rifles have a lot longer range than the Zulus can run. So, now, don't get me wrong. Zulus run very fast, very far.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But the bullet will travel faster and further. We don't have to worry battle. about that. The Zulus will be running <laughs> towards them because they're going to take their little stabby spears <laughs> and put it in your eye. So, speaking of stabby spears. So, last night, I printed up a couple sets of spears. I think I can do 30-something sets on um, a board on my print surface. So, I take a couple off, and I'm like, okay. They don't freaking fit. They don't fit. They don't fit. The hell? Yeah. The the, the holes in the hand, the hand grip, yeah. wherever not big enough.
1: Note to self. Next time just print them with their spears.
0: Right. So, we may not have spears on the models. I mean, the workaround is we break all the spears off the supports, and... Um, oh,
1: there'll but, be at least one spear there. <laughs> Sorry. Forgot about that.
0: But, uh, <laughs> and we can hot glue them to their hand, but it might look just wonky. I don't know.
1: Toothpicks. Toothpicks are too big. I tried. I was going to say, those will be too big. They're even too big.
2: The, even the more the like pointy ones?
1: Yeah, they're too big. <laughs> so...
2: Does it uh note to
0: self next time print them with the fucking sp- I'm sorry guys With the spheres on them
1: okay. and uh, which two was what picks I was supposed to not do 28 millimeter.
0: right <laughs> i mean and that's what i was supposed to do the last time
2: field expediency
0: so thin paper clip big. you you would almost need like a sewing needle
1: ouch that'd be stabby <laughs> that, i was going to say that's that's got trouble written all over it. We don't need something that actually has a sharp point on it. <laughs> Every time we go to move, the models... Ah, oh no. <laughs> so, I mean, but when you look at the... Mo-
0: I'm looking at them right now, and... Jesus, that's a lot of guys. And, uh, you know, when the, you're in the game, you're not going to really tell. I mean,
1: well, and it's a visual thing, really. And and all the Warlord ones that I've got uh, yeah. all have... Uh, all have their weapon. I was going to say spears. They don't all have spears because... Uh some some also have uh hatchets or tomahawks or axes, whatever they are. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's uh some Navy Burrow clubs. Yeah, yeah. There's some dudes with clubs as well, and then uh uh some dudes with rifles. So yeah. there's a, a variety of, of weapons there.
0: So it is what it is. I mean, really it's just an excuse to get a whole bunch of minis on the table and play an awesome game, you know? And uh, be able to play it on the day in history.
1: Yeah, and I think that uh, you know we'll be able to we'll be able to accomplish that feat. you know so uh, uh, there's certainly enough there to fill the table and you know uh, immerse yourself in the in the game, I think.
0: Yeah, most definitely. And
2: so, hopefully we won't be taking 13 hours to do it.
0: <laughs> I can't remember how long it took us to play the game, but you know what I was talking to Don about that. It took us a long time. I mean, we started – what time did we start? Around noon, 1 o'clock? And we got done 10, 11 at night. But there was a lot of grab-assing going on. Um, And there was also a lot of people playing, you know. So I think we started out, we had four or five guys on each side playing. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, the more players you have, the um, longer it takes because everybody's got to think and they got to do their turn and blah, blah, blah. So –
2: how many pints did you have?
0: Actually, I didn't really many, drink huh? during the game. We went to the pub afterwards, but during the game, we didn't. Shout out to Turf and Surf in Coleraine, Ireland. Amazing hamburgers. Um, <laughs> that's where we eat it's amazing food. Um, no, we went to Spoons after, Weather Spoons for those over there, you know what that is. Uh, we went to Weather Spoons afterwards and... Had drinks, so it was a good time. Very good time. Can't wait to be able to go back over and do it again. So, yeah, we'll play it and see how it goes, and we'll go from there. And guys, I don't know the format of if we're, I don't think we're just gonna let a video camera run, that might just be boring.
1: No, that I was gonna say, I think the game's going to be way too long, yeah. so what we might do format. is uh,
0: like a turn-to-turn, turn, you know, this is what happened in turn one. This is what happened in turn two. We'll do an introduction, and then I'll probably meld those all together into a final video to release after editing and such.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, probably a little better. Yeah. We'll do a little, little summary. Exactly. Happened, and then uh, go from there. So,
0: well, you know, today – Believe it or not, guys, we're actually gonna do a project I said we were gonna do months ago. I know there were doubts.
1: Just on time even. And on time. So and if I get this done, painted. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so and um so then you know, we'll work on midway. Yep. And then um somebody said, Well, what are you gonna do in the meantime? I mean, June's six months away. It's not gonna take you six months to build uh, midway. No, it, well, we have to
1: do the croupier sticks and well, the, the <laughs> mics. And... I was going to say, we got to order some stuff. we got to build our sink.
0: So. Uh, well, we have Black Powder, Red Earth to review. So, we'll crack yep. out. We'll probably bring out our demo table and just do a quick, you know, review on it. Um,
1: we also have uh, uh, Adepticon. Yeah you know uh, yeah. as well as uh uh little wars our local one will be yeah. a couple weeks after that
0: yep so um still got to do a review on the uh, army painter airbrush sets i s- used those yesterday so far so good i'll let you know what i really so, think
1: so here 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 is a little news tidbit that i did catch though mm-hmm. um because uh, you said Army Painter, and it reminded me of it. So their speed paints are going to be released uh, in February? Mm-hmm.
0: Well, because all the, like the 20- all the big channels have already gotten their demo sets, and they're showing off videos of you know them using the speed paints. And so far, yeah. everybody likes them better than contrast paints.
1: Well, even if you don't like the – because uh, – oh, what channel was it? Squidmark had uh, – uh kind of mixed reviews on that mm-hmm. but at half the price of contrast paints he was willing to be mixed about his review <laughs> 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 he, he still recommended them you know uh, but uh yeah anecdotally the the reviews that I've seen most people seem to uh seem to like them and they really like the price point. Yeah. And uh you know the the guys from uh from Army Painter maybe <laughs> they they may really be onto something you know one one of the things uh, one of the critiques uh, uh that I've heard is that the uh the line of colors is limited right now which you yeah. know one, it's brand new so uh yeah maybe it is maybe you know maybe it isn't they they still have their mega set of what like
2: 60 colors
0: mm-hmm.
1: no, and here the, here's the
0: truth of it is I have the mega set, the, the one that includes every color that Army Painter has. Yep. Same here. And don't know why, but I – Exactly. Uh, and, and to be truthful, I, do, I bought it because it was, like, awesome. I, I want to have
1: this. Yep. I'm going to have every color. And you use I don't, 10 of them.
0: <laughs> and I literally probably use 20 at the most. There are colors I've never even opened, Right. Yep. And I'm like, when am I going to – it is, but see, the problem is – part of the problem is is that I don't do a lot of fantasy and sci-fi stuff where you could use a lot of those colors.
1: Turns out you don't need metallic mauve. Right. You know, (laughs) whatever. So,
0: you know, because of the style of painting I do, which is mostly historicals, now if I got in – even if I did Napoleonics, there are a lot of colors I will never touch because they're just not used. Um. Now, if I go into sci-fi or fantasy, then hell yeah, I'll paint crap like you know, just the weirdest colors ever. Um, Speaking of sci-fi and stuff, you know, my brother is a 40k player, like I said before, and he would like me to play. And I've never really truly played the game. I I have eighth or ninth edition sitting over there that I've never even opened. Go figure. And um, shocker, I have Tau. Uh, I like Tau. I like the battle suits. I, I like that mechanical stuff, right? Yep. So, you know, I'm looking at the paint schemes, and I'm going, well, I don't want white under the traditional Tau color scheme. And then, Stormtroopers? Yeah, kind of like stormtrooper-ish. And then somebody painted theirs uh, blackish or red or something. I'm going tiger stripes, Vietnam tiger stripes.
1: There you go. You're a glutton for punishment <laughs> with that pattern, though. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying it wouldn't look cool. <laughs> But that's a lot of work, brother. And thank God for airbrushes.
2: You know, and since you talk about, uh, you know, the painting and stuff we were talking about earlier about the um, competitions, Uh one of uh, Marty's friends, you know, you're like, hey, I want to get in painting. And then you look at his stuff.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So a guy that I go to go to church with, Steve Herner. Uh, Hey, Steve. I say that like he'll ever listen to (laughs) us. But hey, Steve, Uh, that's Mr. Herner to you. (laughs) Holy he, Hammer. Herner. He yeah he hates being called Mister Hammer. That's my dad. But <laughs> yeah, uh, incredible. Th- yeah yeah but Steve uh, is a, yeah he's a high level hobbyist and he runs uh, two Age of Sigmar uh, tournaments a year. Mm-hmm. So he runs uh, Holy Hammer and uh, uh, Holy Havoc. Uh, or uh, excuse me runs he his screen name is Holy Hammer. It's uh, Holy Wars and then Holy Hammock, because it was literally a, a church league. Uh, that got started. So, isn't that yeah. funny? A church
0: sponsoring Boy, Age of Jamie. Sigmar based upon deities of yeah you know, fantasy and yada yada yada.
2: But yeah. incredible. I mean, you yeah, look, no, you but look but at you his know stuff is just.
0: But does that not drive you to do better yourself?
2: No. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I was gonna say yeah. Very No. I mean, I'm like eh, nope. Can't but, like he he has figured out like green green stuff sculpting which. Yeah. I can't do you know, you I mean did I can very su- well. I saw your Santa stuff. Okay, yeah. nothing like what Yeah, but I mean this dude will do like long flowing cloaks. Okay. It, but it was based upon and practice. Yeah. The more you do it. But that that was to my point, is like he inspired me to do that. Yeah. You know, uh I don't do it well, but I like, well, apparently it can be done. You know, I've literally sat in his basement and watched him do it. Yeah. So, and then when they make it look so easy, that
2: just kind of pisses me off.
0: <laughs> but it comes with practice. It, what is, you know, the theory repetition. Theory repetition is you mm-hmm. become proficient at something when you've yeah. done it a hundred times, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. It's kind of like if you want to get better at painting, you have to paint
0: a hundred times mm-hmm. at least. Well, anyway, or, that's why. Or once or twice. When I, when I was coaching <laughs> Virginia's softball team, and I made them just you know, play catch, and I need a hundred throws. Why? Why am I doing this? the theory of repetition? Mm-hmm. The more you do it, the more proficient you come, the better you become at of your hand, eye coordination, yep. etc. cetera, blah, blah, blah. Awesome. Yeah. Memory, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah,
1: build up myelination, get, get those neural pathways so, set.
0: Let's talk about something even cooler. We're going to change gears here a little bit. It's Guns? the war game related historical war gaming. Laser printing? Guns?
2: For laser engraving?
0: No. no. Oh. Oh, you want to talk about laser engraver? I mean, you cut the bases for our games today. Yeah. Um, yep. You did Fun. circles and rectangles and squares.
1: And shields. And shields. Shields. Full size shield. It's out in the trucks. You use
0: that laser cutter on that?
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's how big the laser cutter Damn. is. Damn. Two foot by
2: four
0: foot.
1: Because this shield is about <laughs> three foot four tall.
0: Wow. I didn't know you used the laser cutter. Mm-hmm. Yep. How cool is that? Um,
2: it, was, it took me a lot longer to, well, because to draw I guess, the. Thing than it did to print it.
0: So did you do some uh, artwork like the outline, like the the cow skin patches? No, no,
1: okay. no. So we just used this as uh, as the base, and then I covered it uh, uh-huh. with uh, with faux leather and oh, nice. Uh, painted all that stuff. Oh, on. very cool. Um,
0: that'll be awesome to see. Um,
1: what I was gonna say is
0: I had asked you earlier about uh, if the laser cutter, printer, or whatever you want, laser cutter, does it do engraving? It does. Yep. So, like, if we wanted to do special edition Sit Rep Podcast pint glasses, Yep. we can engrave them. Yes. Now, when you engrave it, I'm, I'm assuming that that area that's engraved is rough, right? Or is it smooth? I don't know. Fairly smooth. I mean, I mean will speaking, it take dye? You know, like, if you wanted to rub, like, a, a, a wash in there to color the engraving? Maybe.
1: Uh, it, That would be up to you to find out. I was gonna say it, it yeah, can be, depending on how you how you set it up, how deep you engrave it, blah blah blah. There. I'm
0: just looking, you know, how it will. It'll be interesting to see how it'll look, you yeah. know, because if we could do our own special edition glasses and stuff, that'd be cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna get back into doing silk screen printing. I mean, I don't know. You know, I keep telling myself I'm gonna get the glass, the printer for doing uh, mugs and glasses, you know, with silk screen. Um, but then I'm like, I don't know. Right now. I don't know, we'll see. But it would be cool to have that on tap where we could, you know, do a dozen glasses, you know, especially like today would have been really cool to have commemorative glasses yep. for the Battle of Rourke's Drift 2022.
2: So for glasses, I have to have a rotary tool. Okay. That will spin. Uh-huh. So the laser head just stays Yeah. one axis.
0: Is there something, is there an actually... A, uh, yeah. Is there? Okay. Yeah.
2: And we've got the plans for it. Uh-huh. Um yesterday got the last piece that I needed, which is a tiny little belt uh-huh. to spin. And so now I've got all the pieces to assemble
0: that. Oh, very cool. Yep. yep. And then so how, we'll does, our, how does the radio. glass stay on the, the rotary thing? Gravity. It just sits on it. Oh, so it's upright? No. no or it, upside down? Or it's, on no, its, it's
1: laying on its side. It's like this. And right. then the head's over it? Oh, okay. And then, it and then goes back and forth. Well, and I'm
0: just, how does it not fall off the, the form or whatever? It's a... Is there like a clamp or something that no, goes on? No, there's
1: two uh, rails. So it, it's kind of cradled in between two oh, rollers. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then the yeah. roll the rollers are what moves yeah. the glass, and then the head just goes up and, up oh, and down. Oh, very cool. Yep.
0: That, that'd be cool. So when you guys get to the point of actually producing something, I'll order some tumblers or pint glasses. Um, we should shoot a video if you... You know, once we get it tuned in and yeah. you can, you know.
2: Hey, did you see Marty posted? We had a surgeon sit rep. Uh, yes. Watching the, yeah, uh, did the you guys lizard?
0: see that? Uh, yeah. He was super Did he have his safety glasses on, though? He did. Okay, excellent. Did. Well, you know, for all you people I mean, over in the UK for health and safety.
1: Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway. And, and, uh, and, and it was well ventilated <laughs> and he had a, a respirator. And, and, and well, his, uh, the, cigar. his high is yeah. he, he had the, you know. He had, he had his his uh, cigar
0: was not lit for, for you know, dangerous fumes. Yeah. yeah. So, very cool. That'll be exciting. Because, I mean, just think of the things you can, you know, do with that. Right. So, yeah, and some shot glasses.
2: The, the bases are like eight, nine minutes
1: for a sheet. Nice. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Because, what was that, a two-by-two two sheet? Yeah. And, you literally you just program in what size you want and then like here, there's there's a whole baggie of one inch ones. So
0: where are you gonna put your machine in your meantime?
2: Uh it could stay where it's at. The the problem with uh if I had it like outside in the garage uh-huh. or something, you have water circulating through it.
0: Oh, it's water cooled? Yeah. Yeah. How is it? How does how's the water circulate? I mean, is it got like a tank or something? It's or? got
1: a it does, water cooler and a pump. Yep.
0: So I'm looking at my game room. We could turn this into a workshop. We got the printers down here. Mm-hmm. We could have the laser cutter down here. Mm-hmm. But then what do I do with all? The, then we turn the hobby room oh. into the game room because the hobby room's a disaster. You can barely walk in there right now. It's not, because I, of course I started reorganizing my computer area, which was a big mistake. Good job. Uh, which looks good. I got my PCs up on the top, and I got my, you know, my computer here. I have a 50-inch screen for my PC now, and then my other PC is still a disaster, and then my Commodore is sitting right there. So I don't even have enough space for all my Commodore stuff. But the, uh, but I played Archon the other day. I was the, very happy
1: about so that. the, So the uh, the Laser is a desktop. It is about the size of your table here. See? Plenty of room. And we got windows. We can vent. Yeah, and yes, and you need you need (laughs) ventilation for that. I I do need a
2: better exhaust fan. Yeah, the four-inch, hundred ninety-five cubic or uh, CFM. Yeah. Um, Nope, not enough.
0: Not enough. Nope. Or we just turn the third bay in my garage into a workshop.
2: Then you have to heat your garage.
0: My garage is very well insulated, and I would just get a garage heater. Yep.
1: So. Yeah. Otherwise, that. uh the coolant or the cooling system will freeze on that laser in the winter here. That would not be good.
0: Must be raining outside. It's hitting the protective so. covers. Anyway, sorry, sorry, guys. We were hearing a tap, 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 tap.
2: It wasn't just me. It's not <laughs> just sitting <on> head.
1: <laughs> uh, That's our initial Zulu probe for later in the day. <laughs> <laughs> We've got our scouts out. So uh,
0: changing gears like I was doing yep. before I got distracted. Go figure.
1: Um
0: Squirrel. Yep. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> so, another wargaming format cuz it's not all about miniatures or board games. Video games. Mhm. DCS World. Mhm. Do you see what's coming out? Mhm. The Apache. Oh. Oh my god, does it look awesome.
1: It do was you, Do you mean like the Native Americans or no, the no, helicopter? No.
0: The AH-64D nice. model. Okay. Just check it. Yeah. And they it was supposed to come out at the end of this month, but they just announced they're delaying it again because they're still working on the pilot. model. The pilot model looks amazing, and you, the different skins. Of course, you can have the 82nd airborne skin.
1: Just throwing it out there.
0: Um,
1: well, something has to be airborne. <laughs> but turns out you it has can to do be aircraft.
0: You can do uh, two crew. You know, like you can on like the Tomcat if you want, or you can have the. They're going to have an AI uh, gunner pilot, um, but it's. It looks freaking amazing. I mean, it looks amazing. Uh, I cannot wait because I'd like to get a whole troop together to fly. Because, I mean, it, you see the gun cameras, you can do the whole head, everything, you know? So, that. Uh, could you
2: imagine the airsickness if you're a <laughs> gunner and you have no. Because when you're a pilot, you can. Understand what's going to happen, yeah.
0: if you're just the front seat gunner yeah. pilot, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I find myself like yeah. I was playing better, um,
1: better like roller coasters.
0: <laughs> I was playing GTA Five the other day because I'm trying to re-upload uh, LSPDR. Um, that's the police simulator that you play in G- uh, GTA Five. And I was driving down, some, and I started to get motion sickness because I learned, and I don't get motion sickness, but. Because it's a video game, my body's not moving. Just the screen is, right? And your eyes your eyes are detecting movement, but your ears aren't. So it gets emotion motion sickness.
1: Yep. Yeah. Because of the Yeah.
0: What I did find though when I'm yeah. playing VR and DCS world, I don't get that. Because I feel like I'm really immersed and I do find myself Yeah moving, you know? And there's gotta
2: be a setting because when I play on yours, I don't I don't get that. Yeah. But when I play on mine, I do.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I don't know what it is, mm. uh, but the, yeah. So the, the Apache's coming out. That'll look and you know with the Syria map that's out, that'll be freaking awesome.
2: You have the you have the collective.
0: And- um, no, I have the warthog, but I'm going to get a collective. I think I'll, I'll, I'll. See, here's the problem. The problem time. is time Got enough time. That's part of the problem. The, but the other problem is I'm supposed to be thinning out the stuff that I have. Because eventually, my wife and I, we have a plan. We're going to sell everything we own, and we're buying a boat, and we're going to sail the Caribbean, and then maybe points beyond. Um, you can't have all the shit on a boat unless you got to like the Titanic. Yeah. You know, I did see that the USS Kitty Hawk. That would not be a hawk. good
2: one. Yeah. Yeah, it's on its way. Yeah, it's Do on its well, way
0: for scrap. I wonder how. Go. And it, they only paid a penny for it. I'll give them a buck. There you
2: go.
0: Right. We'll just anchor it in the Caribbean somewhere. It'd be a floating hotel. Yeah. We'll make it a and, game convention. The flight deck, the hangar deck could be a game convention. It, yeah. it could
1: literally be an Airbnb. Oh! <laughs> could I you know. imagine that?
0: An aircraft carrier as a historical wargaming convention site?
1: That'd be nice. That would be interesting. That
0: would be. So, um, but anyway. So, yes, I w- want to get a collective. Um, and I, I know there's a couple of companies out there that make them. I think one is uh, Wingwin or something like yeah. that. And then Verbal or something. They're, they're foreign companies. But um, because they also just released a Blackhawk as freeware, it's a free mod. Okay. Um, and I was watching a video on that the other And it looks really good. Uh, 90% of the uh, switches and everything in it work like the way they're supposed to. Um, there's st- it's in beta, so there's still stuff that doesn't work. Like, you know, you don't see your crew members. You can sit in the pilot seat. You can sit in the co pilot seat. You can sit, in- or the commander seat, pilot seat, whatever, however you want to term it, depending where you're from. You can sit in the, they call them the gunner seats. Crew chief. Thank you. Crew chief. <laughs> Thank you. Because I'm sitting there talking to Don, and they're like, this is the gunner seat one. This is gunner. And I'm like, crew chief, that's my seat. That was the seat I always sat in right there. Crew mm-hmm. chief. Yep. You know? So you can sit and the, the, you can open the doors and you can open the, the crew chief window. Um, it would be cool if you get to the point where they model those or somebody picks up as a paid model that really puts time and money into it where you can have your crew chief stand out to do your rotor checks, right? Mm-hmm. So that way you can watch the droop stops, you know, come in and out during spin-up and, you know, coming down. That would be cool. That would be really cool, yep. you know. So your fire guard and your, you know, rotor checks. Um, but the instrumentation is now. He says this is a Lima model. It doesn't look like a Lima model because if I'm not mistaken, Lima models had the digital dashes. Where was that? Mike models. I don't remember. I thought Lima's glass when they cockpit. yeah glass cockpit. Um, but this one still has like an A model c- cockpit in it. So I, I'll talk, have to go you're back. Talking the wrong person I know you're that a Huey guy. Huey. <laughs>
2: um, there was no glass <laughs> cockpit on that.
0: But, you know, and then they're talking I'm, I'm, – I'm watching. I'm like, okay, let's see how they start this thing up because, you know, they're going through a cold start. Mm-hmm. And these are gamers. They're not pilots or any ex- – they don't even have helicopter experience. And they're like, yeah, you push this button for the tailwheel lock, and you can keep it on while you're running it up. And i went, like, hmm. Um, somebody's going to share the pin, and then they're, guess who's going to wear that pin around their neck? First. Until the next guy <laughs> shares the pin, yeah. Uh, poor Bill Chaney. Um. So – I mean, you can when you're doing a run-up so your tail doesn't swing, you know, if you're – but if you have your feet on the pedals and you're doing everything the way you're supposed to, you know, it, I haven't – I don't have my um, checklists anymore because I got wet in a flood in our old house in Sandwich. Um, but I had my checklist and, you know, I would just go down that. I can, you can probably print one off the internet these yeah. days. Um, right. But I thought it was really cool. Yeah. You know, because all I have right now is the Huey which they're not wrong.
2: Nothing wrong with you. No, nothing wrong with you
0: But, you know, I do love the Blackhawk and uh, but I'm very excited about the Apache and that type of thing. So, why do I bring that up in in this format? Well, part of it is is because we encompass all genres of gameplay. You know, we don't talk a lot about video gaming. Mostly our stuff is board game, hex game, miniatures. But there is a big population out there that does simulations, you know, combat simulation, war simulate, whatever you want to call it, and I do enjoy those games. Yeah, um, you know, whether it's flight simulation like DCS, where DCS World rocks. I, yeah. I honestly don't the, even Microsoft Flight Simulator has, can't touch DCS World when it comes to combat military aircraft. Right. Um, I play Armor Three. I haven't played that in a long time though, and you know because it, that game. Takes a lot of planning if you want to do missions and stuff, but it, you know, I, I when I had when I was playing it all the time, it was really cool. It's a great simulation game. Um, I play uh, a lot of historical games. Uh, there's that Civil War I can't remember what it's called now, but um, where you fight the different battles, you know, and it's from a general's viewpoint. You know, you're not skirmishing or battalion level or company level or anything like that. Um, so you know, you fight Gettysburg, Chickamauga, all of them. And that's a good one. I find those easier to play when it's just you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when you don't want to take the time to pull out miniatures and, you know, or set up a board or, you know, whatever the case may be. So I find it as a nice alternative to play a historical war game. And some of them are so well done, you know, and you're not just moving pieces along the, a board, you know, your guys are moving, right? And it's yeah. animated. So you get a different perspective. There's a few games out there that I think suck totally. Damn. Um, I mean, you know, the Call of Duty games and what's the other one? Medal of Honor games. They're not war games. They're skinned, themed yeah. games. But, you know, they're I, I, I saw the one where they're jumping into D-Day or whatever. I don't remember which one that is. I, I don't play them, but it looked really cool. You know, here, here you got the guys jumping in, you know, and it looked really good. They do amazing animation. But the game, it, it turns out to be just another shoot 'em game. You're running around shooting people, right? There's nothing wrong with that. Well, it's got its place. I was going to say that. Yeah, I mean, if that's your cup of tea, grand. But Sometimes you just need to shoot. all right. There are, I, I'm mission-driven, right? You know, and they'll yeah. say, well, there's missions in Medal of Honor and Call of Duty, but halftime when I've played the multiplayer, you're just running around shooting people to rack up points or whatever it is. Um, there's that World War One game that came out. What the hell is it called? Uh just came out not too long ago. And, um, you know, I, I, I it looked really good. I'm like, oh, that's a World War One game. I mean, how many World War One games are there? You know, first-person view. Um, it can be third-person view or first-person view. And ended up just running around shooting people. Yep. You know? I'm like, this is not how tactics work. This is not how battlefields work. Oh my God, we're just running around shooting people, right? So,
2: well, on some level, you know, you can't can't be realistic because seriously, your trench warfare would have sucked in a game, right? Yeah. All right, Private, pick up that shovel. <laughs>
1: yep. Here's five million sandbags.
0: Get to it. Yep. I want them done by
1: three, three. o'clock. Yeah. Dig dig the ditch, build the sandbags, <laughs> yeah, and then have your partner, uh, you know, move them. Yeah, and you've got to have your feet in water the whole time.
0: Right, but um, now there are other games like uh, Piarter just did um, Combat Commander. What the hell is that? Close Combat, uh, where he did uh, Stalingrad, and that series used to be owned. That series used to be owned by Microsoft Studios back in the day. And now I think it's MMP that has it, or Slytherin, or somebody has it. I have some of the versions. And that's a good combat simulation game, war game. You know, it's not on the arcade side. It's really strategy. Um, Valor and Victory, which, uh, by the way, SitRep is partially responsible. It's really Jim, but, I mean, part of the SitRep podcast... Uh, is credited with the Stalingrad uh, DLC, Download Pack, or whatever they're calling it. That comes out next month, I think it is. Uh, so you're going to see our name in, in the big time. Yep. I'll yep. tell uh, so you,
2: there's a, another game uh, or a series of games. Uh, some people would probably be apoplectic, you know, by me saying this, but, um, you know, a good, good game that you learn stuff from. I mean, uh-huh. any game that you learn stuff from is is good,
0: yes, most definitely. Um,
2: believe it or not, some of the Assassin's Creed stuff because the areas that you're running around, uh huh, either you know, Egypt or Greece, and, and you're learning about some of the stuff, you're learning about the different cultures and why some of the things were going on, and, and you see the scale, um, the, the new one, mm-hmm. Vikings, and everything. It's it's good. I mean, like anything, you know, it gets to be a bit grindy, but. Yeah. what war is it you
0: know? Yeah. so you know there is a definitely a place for uh, video games and war gaming yeah. um, you know just depending on what you're looking for I, I like the more historically based ones where it's not just I run around and shoot and capture a flag type thing yeah. um, so you know Valorant Victory is a good one um, I'm still trying to get Jim to formalize uh, our own game Set Rep Skirmish um, you know um, he does it virtually on, in Excel. I'd like to see it transition to either Vassal or to Tabletop Simulator, and um, you know, so people can interact, you know, versus just Jim doing all of the interactions. You know, somebody tells me move my piece, blah blah blah. I'd like to see yeah. that two-way interaction. But um, yeah, there's so many formats out there, and uh, it's just amazing what you can do with wargaming. Uh, so. Guys, we've hit that mark. It's about that time. we got to go um, take get down bre- the Zulu Nation. Get breakfast. No. Breakfast? What do you mean no? No breakfast?
2: Well, yeah, breakfast. No take down the Zulu no Nation. No take down Zulu. No takey down.
0: No. No. Oh, no. no. The
1: going gonna... down today. <laughs> that, that's, yeah.
0: So, guys, make sure you check out um, the, our video snippets later on the defense of uh, Rorke's Drift or the Battle of Rorke's Drift, however you'd like to term it.
2: Yep, and the Zulus are going to crush.
0: I don't know. They're going crush. up against the Lomax brothers. That's First right. time the brothers have been together in combat and on a tabletop in a long time.
1: Well, so it turns to be out you don't get any more Brits. So,
0: <laughs> so uh, we got to finish up some painting. Uh, slap some wash on some of these guys do a little ground coating and bada bing bada boom we're ready to rock and roll
2: you're staining your guys
0: yes i'm staining my guys (laughs) he thinks he's funny dear lord
1: (laughs) it's gonna be a long day
0: (laughs) (laughs) so guys thank you so much for joining us on this episode two of season seven um we apologize to our special guest uh he was supposed to join us this morning uh, he will join us hopefully on our next episode as we talk about Adepticon.
1: Yep. Yep. Michael said that uh, he was available in uh, two weeks, so okay. we will pick him up uh, at the next show. And, guys, it's awesome having you here
0: at the table. Right. Um, yeah. I honestly think we should do this more often. Yep. Um, you know, if we have to change it to a time that's more convenient to do this, I'm cool with that as well um, because I think the interaction's better when you're sitting across the table and everything and you know, having the little video up there, I don't know if it makes much of a difference, or if you guys have enjoyed it. I hopefully will. It it was a last minute thought. Next time we'll have a better camera setup and to do it because I do uh, watch several podcasts and they have their audio portion and then they just have a camera running so people who like to watch it while they're doing. Other things can see what's going on, like everybody watching Marty paint, guys. Yeah. And
1: Sorry that he didn't fall off anything yet today, but we can try. <laughs> the day's still early. Hey, don't, don't worry. As it turns out, the chair that I'm sitting on, the seat is not actually connected to the frame. <laughs> oh, is that one of the ones that the screws
0: fell out? Yeah. All right. Rock on. Yeah, yeah. He's got a loose screw, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. True that. So thank you guys for joining us on this episode of the Sit Rep Podcast. Make sure you check out our Facebook page, our YouTube page, our Discord channel, our Twitch channel, Our webpage, thesitreppodcast.com. And there you can check out all of our different pages, including the supply room. And in the supply room, you can buy merch. So please help support the channel by buying some merch. For Marty and Chris, this is Bill. And we appreciate everything you do. And we'll see you next time. Take care.
1: You have been listening to the Sitrep Podcast. We hope you have enjoyed the show. Make sure you like and subscribe to all of our channels on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch and Discord. Remember to join us every other weekend for a new episode of the podcast. And don't forget our other programming on Wednesdays and Sundays. Thanks for listening.